1: That's 800 943 2153.
2: Live from San Francisco on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network, you are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with your hosts, Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi. Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's get it on!
3: How's it going, everybody? Brian Alvarez here on Wrestling Observer Live. We are here every day, Monday through Friday, New Pacific, 3 Eastern, Sundays, 3 Pacific, 6 Eastern, Saturdays, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 Eastern with Jim Valley, and man, we are back! Yesterday, holiday weekend, no show, I was traveling, ended up in the same airport as CM Punk, I didn't see him, but he was there. But hey, we got a lot to talk about today on this very busy weekend. Did get back from Vegas, and so we have got a lot to talk about. I was there for AW Double or Nothing. We'll have a full recap of that show here today. Also over the weekend was the WWE Night of Champions show, which I watched, which was a really good show. And uh, there was also the NXT Battleground show, which I have not seen yet. I try and watch uh, whatever I can watch later on tonight. But I was told good show, and unsurprisingly, Ilya Dragunov and Dijak was apparently awesome. So we can uh, talk about at least the results of that show there. So, a lot of news in internet as well the uh, ticket sales for the United Center, the WWE MLW lawsuit, Will Ospreay talking about his future. And I do want to start off today by uh, congratulating Alexa Bliss. She's expecting the arrival of her first child. She revealed that she and her husband, Ryan Cabrera, are expecting their first child, baby due in December. They were shocked when they found out she was pregnant. It was a total surprise. She said, we weren't trying at all. They could not be more excited about the baby's arrival. They released a comedic YouTube video revealing the news so uh, congratulations to Alexa Bliss and, uh, and Mr. Bliss as well on the upcoming arrival of their child. lot to get into today. I'll be back in a moment with more Observer Live.
2: a message from the future sent by Jamie from
3: progressive back in 2023 you could get help from progressive online through our mobile app or over the phone but here in the future you'll be able to chat with us from space Space, maybe you're asking why are you spending time on insurance in space shouldn't you be sculpting something out of moon rocks or jumping around with no gravity insurance seems more like a back on earth kind of thing right actually in the future space is no big deal errands are totally
2: appropriate that was a message from the future. future get the help you need today with progressive progressive casualty insurance company affiliates and other insurers
0: limited time offer new customers only available on select networks 5g not available everywhere one device per line tax excluded additional restrictions apply see your local boost mobile store for details
2: you are listening to wrestling observer live with brian alvarez and mike Semper on the sports byline broadcasting network
3: Back in the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live, Mike Zimpervivi, also of WrestlingObserver.com. Hey, everybody's favorite shows tonight, NXT. And we have two things announced. Gigi and JC are going to have a weaponized steel cage match, which uh, there may be a sense of finality to this one. Put it that way. And also, the mystery women's attacker will be revealed because this person is revealing themselves, And apparently they will face no repercussions for all of these crimes, unlike poor Tony D., who has been arrested and is in jail. For we don't even know what. But he did something bad. So that's tonight. And then, of course, we had a lot of shows this weekend. We had the wwe night of champions show we had the aw double or nothing show and we had the nxt battleground show mike did you watch all of these shows i did not what to watch any of these shows i watched a few well what did you watch i watched double or nothing
5: i watched raw i watched part of the stardom pay-per-view i watched the new japan best of the super juniors finals so, yeah, that's what I
3: checked you out. You didn't watch Night of Champions? I did not. Wow. What an unprofessional bloke.
5: How am I unprofessional?
3: Well, because it's a uh, major WWE pay-per-view. Mm. And I'm afraid it was... Uh, afraid it may have ranked higher than the New Japan Best of the Super Juniors.
5: Oh, yeah? Yeah. Did, did NXT?
3: But it you would, no, you didn't see it. Well, you know, I can't... Here's the difference, Mike. I couldn't watch two shows at the same time. Because they decided they were going to run head-to-head, mm-hmm. as opposed to uh So did that show not end NXT, yet? You didn't have a
5: chance to finish
3: it? NXT, NXT airing in the uh, afternoon, which you would think they would do if they weren't attempting to uh, run opposition to WWE. But, you know, of course they went head-to-head. So, uh, no, I haven't been able to see any of that yet. And uh, I know some people there were mad, but uh, I don't know why you were mad at me. I don't know why you're mad at you me. You should be mad at whoever. Weekend. It's not a full-time job. Actually, it is a full-time job. Are you kidding me? kidding me this pro wrestling never ends the show never ends do you understand now let's talk about this night of champions because it aired first all right we had seth rollins beating aj styles to win the world heavyweight title and they had a great match it was uh probably easy four-star match it was just professional wrestling there were no gimmicks there was no interference Uh, The finish was clean in the middle of the ring, and the story is this is going to be uh, the working man's title, meaning the champion's actually going to wrestle and defend the title. Although, coincidentally, he did not wrestle and defend the title the next night on Raw. He had a random tag team match against a random tag team, and he won. But regardless, he is now the champion, and uh, they put over strong that uh, this is a serious title here. This is not the title for the man who's going to go on vacation and never wrestle and then uh, celebrate getting 1,000 days, even though he has, I believe, less title defenses in 1,000 days than Orange Cassidy has had since October. Well, that's another story entirely. But, uh, yes, that was a very good match. We had Trish and Becky, which Trish Stratus won. She won that match after uh, Zoe Stark interfered. Zoe and Trish are now a unit and uh this is going to lead to another match with trish and becky likely at summerslam and probably becky and zoe in the meantime but this is a good match trish's comeback has been uh it was kind of a maybe you could describe it as a little rough early because she was kind of getting back in the swing of things but i have found her promos of late to be really good great heel promos and uh if you watch this match it was like she never left which is pretty incredible given she is 47 years old, and out there doing these matches. So uh, that was good.
5: Thank you, Trish.
3: We had Gunther beating Ali, and whatever you want to think about the build to this match, which sucked, the match itself was great. I think this match went, uh, how long did it go? Eight minutes and 35 seconds. This is one of those matches where... You ain't going to find many 8-minute and 35-second matches that are better than this one. It was so great, and they gave Mustafa Ali a lot. And uh, and then, of course, you know, Gunther killed him dead. But, I mean, it was good. They made Ali look great before beating him. The fans, super into this match. Absolutely chopped the living hell out of each other. Except Ali did that old chop where he get the guy right in the nipples. And I know this because he had a big red line right across his nipples paid the price he paid the price for that one we had oscar and bianca which uh oscar won to win the raw women's title and uh you know i don't know dude this was like this was exactly this was like an illustration of everything that i've been talking about of late which is they are so insistent that everybody has to set these records that at the end of the day, the records are largely meaningless. I mean, Bianca had the record for the longest reigning women's champion of, of what, the modern era, whatever their latest thing is.
5: Yes, and besides Moolah.
3: But, I mean, you know, she had a record, Gunther has a record, Uso's had a record, Roman Reigns had a record. Uh, I'm probably missing some here. But, you know, at the end of the day, Asuka beat her. And it wasn't like anybody was talking about the record being broken or... You know what a what a enormous the enormity of this. It's not like anybody was talking about this finish all weekend. you know the best they talked about was you know Oscar's the new champion, but they managed to make the longest reigning women's championship reign largely meaningless. It meant nothing when she was beaten. It's just we got a new champion now. so you know there is a lesson here, which is when every single solitary person has a record, it means nothing. And, you know, the same thing with Roman Reigns. I think it's a little different for Roman because, uh, you know, it's the main title. I think when someone finally beats him, it's going to be meaningful. But, you know, it didn't mean nothing for Oscar to beat Bianca here. And that's nothing against either of them. It's just the psychology of everybody having a record makes records meaningless. We had Even when a
5: record matters, it can be meaningless because, you know, they're building toward Charlotte Flair defeating... You know, Ric Flair and John Cena's record for the most title reigns. And if you really think about it, what is that going to mean when they do that? It really doesn't mean anything in their world except to say this person has it now because we're done with the other person whose name had it before.
3: Then we had Rhea beating Natty in like a minute. Just squashed her, retained the SmackDown women's title. Lesnar beat Cody Rhodes. So, uh, you know. Another one of those deals. Everybody was so mad. It's so lame. I can't believe Cody's going to go beat Brock with a broken arm, blah, blah. Well, he didn't. He has a broken arm in storyline. Now, this part is stupid. The storyline is he has a broken arm, but he's allowed to wrestle with a broken arm. A doctor did check it out, even though the ending of Raw was how they weren't going to have a doctor check it out. The doctor allowed him to wrestle with a broken arm, provided that he wore a giant titanium brace which then, like Lex Luger, he used to strike Brock Lesnar repeatedly. But in the end, it did not matter. They actually had a great match for the 840 that they were in there. And finally, Brock got him in the Kimura. Cody managed to survive and get the ropes, but then he ended up getting caught in it again, passed out. The referee stopped the match. They will be going to a third match coming up here pretty soon to uh, stall out this Cody thing until it's time for him to face Roman. And then, yes, the main event, Kevin and Sammy, they did beat the Bloodline, which, you know, I tried to tell everybody that was going to be the storyline here, but people were insistent that Roman was going to win all these belts. Well, he didn't. And, Who in fact, him and Roman, or him and Solo were beaten when uh, the Usos came out, and it was very well done what they did. They came out to save Roman Reigns and Solo, but Roman was laid out on the outside. And they, uh, the Usos accidentally super solo, and that's right when Roman looked over there, so he saw that. He screamed at him, told him to get out of there, and finally Jimmy super kicked Roman Reigns twice, and then he said to Jay, Bro, we gotta get out of here. And they bailed. So Jay has not turned on Roman yet. Jimmy absolutely has. And so the bloodline has split, and it looks like we've got Roman versus Jimmy. Then we'll have Roman and Solo versus the Usos. And then Roman versus Jay. And then ultimately down the road, Roman and Solo. So they got Man, at, I'm least, sorry that. at least a year left worth of storylines for this oh. thing here. It was very well done. Back in a moment with more Observer Live.
1: That's 800-965-1295.
2: You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Christ, this chat.
3: Jeez. So, look at all you numbskulls. I gave Mike I mean, the whole day off yesterday. He could have easily watched uh, that Night of Mike Champions. I gave Mike the whole
5: day off yesterday. Yes.
3: You stopped. Actually, I did because Dom asked if you wanted to do the show, and you were waffling. Like, hey, ah, yeah, maybe. Dom I, didn't I, even nah. want to do this And show. I said, he ain't doing the show. We're not doing a show I on Monday. I don't
5: hear this nonsense. You can't pull this stuff with me. Oh, really?
3: Dom, did that or did that not happen?
5: Oh, will you stop? It happened. Thank you. Did you, did okay. you run all automated yesterday so Thank you didn't you. need me and didn't want me here? No, I was here for three hours. You oh. lying sack of something, you Wow, now you're accusing oh, Don no. of lying. No, because he is And then
3: can we even could we have because more hyperbole? Could know we have more hyperbole? I don't know, open your mouth again double or nothing show here for the love of God. Listen, listen, guys. Was this as good as many AEW pay per views? Well, no, it wasn't. Was it a bad show? No, it was not. Was it like a show that wasn't worth I – mean, dude, imagine watching that show and it's when it was money. over thinking, you know, this wasn't worth the money. That's, what is WBD uh, doing? Do you not watch any other wrestling? Like, what? what's up? I mean, come on. Yes, in the middle was the middle section of the show, not up to the usual AEW standards. Yeah, but you're telling me that you watched the Battle Royal and you watched the Pillars 4-Way. And you watch the anarchy in the arena match, and you watch the return of Chris Statlander to end Jade's streak, and like everything else on the show, and you go, eh, I don't know if that was worth my money. I was expecting way more. I don't know what to tell you, dude. I don't know what to tell you.
5: Why, now, why are you, why are you jumping on those people who thought it was mid? Considering one could say that a lot of that show was mid. If you want to, they didn't say
3: it's mid. They said it was terrible.
5: Who's who are these? Are the you were on
3: the you, chat speaking to oh them during God. the break? Because I saw you typing, and it's all it was all over Twitter. People saying this show was horrible. Well, listen, Orange Cassidy. Won the battle royal. And dude, that man that match was great. That was one of the best battle royals ever in AEW. And they've had some good battle royals. And it was one of the better battle royals I've ever seen because you know what I hate? Battle royals. Battle Royals suck. But it was worked great. And it came down to orange and swerve. And they had a great little they had such a great sequence back and forth. That I actually probably would have been okay with Orange Cassidy losing the title in this match. That's how good this was. But he didn't. He booted the guy out in a very Orange Cassidy way, and he won, and he retained the AEW international title. That match ruled.
5: This may be a question for Lance, but are ropes part of the ring? Because
3: as you mentioned. Are the ropes part of the ring? Yes, because. Yes, of of course.
5: Some of the spots in this match were uh, great. The interactions between guys who were in feuds were really good, but a lot of this was what Battle Royals are now. Half the people are standing outside the ring, people flying through the ropes, not going over the top rope, and you had a situation with Commander where he's not in the ring yet, but he does his walk across the ropes, which is always amazing, and then dives to the floor, and he's not eliminated yet because he wasn't in the ring. So are the ropes part of the ring? You say they are. Commander got one over on these people. Of
3: course a rope is part of the ring. Now, we had Adam Cole and Chris Jericho. Mm. Okay? No. Was this a great match? No. No, it was not a great match. Was it one star or a dud? No. (laughs) It was good? The first part of the match... Was Sabu out there and the Jericho Appreciation Society, and Sabu putting some dudes through a table? I mean, the crowd was going nuts for that. Then they left, and it was a it was a match. They they had their gimmicks. They had this or that. Were there some problems? Yeah. One of the problems was the crowd didn't care about this. Another problem was was uh, you know that's Baker Britt Baker, Britt Baker the ran fault. down to double team Chris Jericho. Although, man. She gave this guy such a sound beating. Did you see the pictures of Jericho on Instagram? Dude, this guy looked like he fell in the sticker bushes is what happened here. And then finally at the end, the big problem was they wanted to do a ref stoppage finish. And yes, would it be good to condition fans to accept ref stoppage finishes? Well, of course. Anytime you can condition them for any additional finish that they're not used to, that's a good thing. Now, the problem is they are not accepting of these yet. And so, to me, if you're going to do a ref stoppage finish, like, this guy should have been covered in blood. He should have been covered in blood. He should have been, you know, being hit with a hammer or something like that. I mean, you got to do something nutty for the referee to stop an unsanctioned match. And instead what happened was Adam Cole sat on him and he threw punches. And the fans did not accept that. It was patently obvious when they booed Adam Cole. Well, they booed the finish. I don't think they were specifically booing Adam Cole. But, uh, it did not work. Uh, that finish did not work. And,
5: uh. It wasn't that good, Brian. It's okay to
3: say there. It's okay to say the match wasn't that good. The match was fine. It was not great. It was not a dud. And the finish didn't work. What more do you want me to say? It was a bad finish. And we had FTR against uh, Jarrett and Lethal for the tag team titles with Mark Briscoe as a referee and the oddities at ringside. And uh, and this was another one. You know, the, the wrestling itself, like when you sit ringside and you watch FTR and Jarrett and Lethal working, it's like, holy smokes, what great workers. But they were having a match. The fans weren't super into it. But then they did all of these crazy things at the end involving Karen, the ref bump, guitar shots. And, you know, the last probably five, seven minutes of this match, these fans were going crazy for these spots. And finally at the end, you know, you thought for sure that Jarrett was going to get the win because he hit the big guitar shot or the belt shot or whatever. But uh, it was a kick out. And then FTR ended up hitting their finish and getting the pin and retaining the titles. So uh, no Mark Briscoe turn, no title change. But I thought uh, ultimately this match, I thought it worked out great by the end.
5: It, you know, it, there was a lot of extra everything on this show, which takes away from what they did during this match because this is where I wanted a lot of the overbooked stuff. This is where I wanted a lot of, if you want to say WWE-style stuff, you have Jarrett and Lethal there with FTR, and they're able to do a Southern-style tag team match and involve those spots. I thought it went really, really well. And I thought, I mean, I, again, other than, you know, the Battle Royal, this was really, I thought, Pillar to Post, one of the better things on the show.
3: Then we had Wardlow and Christian Cage in a ladder match. And uh, I think Christian took, like, maybe two ladder bumps. And the rest was all Wardlow. This guy just, he did a senton off the la- off the top and missed and landed on the ladder. He, uh, at one point, tried to do a springboard and jump onto the ladder. And he actually broke the ladder because he's so big. And uh, he actually did a great job selling his leg afterwards, where people thought he was actually hurt. He did the the Jeff Hardy senton off the top of a very high ladder on the Luchasaurus, looked like he broke his tailbone. And uh, there were there were chants for Christian. I mean, it started with just turtleneck chants, but then they started chanting actually for Christian, so it was kind of a split crowd. But uh, when Wardlow finally climbed up there after putting him through the uh, putting Luchasaurus through the tables and taking out Christian. Got the uh TNT title. Did get a big pop. So, you know, overall I would say it was uh, a good ladder match. Wasn't like a great ladder match, but uh, you know, they they worked it kind of a little almost like uh that uh that Shawn Michaels Razor Ramon ladder match where it was more a match than a stunt show. And uh one of the guys didn't take really anything regarding the ladders, and uh they mostly just told a story during the match. Art Anderson was there, he got involved. So uh it was a Ridiculous it was spot side. with him
5: trying to bite off Luchasaurus's thumb. It just, you know, this would have been a batch with a, a stipulation, would have been better served with a different stipulation than a ladder match because they seemed to rush into it, and they seemed to just, they had a good match kind of in spite of it being a ladder match, but... Again, unfortunately, they rushed into this thing. I don't think it really to me at home it didn't sound like the crowd was uber into it other than the big spots like the the dive from Wardlow and things like that. It didn't did come across that they were really that interested in it for what these guys were putting out with their bodies.
3: Tony Storm beat Jamie Hader. The match was quick, 3 minutes and 5 seconds. Jamie Hater's hurt. He's got a shoulder injury. So they kept it short. They changed the title And uh, I don't know the status of the shoulder. I don't know if she just needs time off, if she needs surgery. I don't know. But, uh, you know, for three minutes, I mean, they did a lot in three minutes. is out there, Ruby, Britt. Tony got the win with the uh, Storm Zero, won the title. And, uh, you know, it was just kind of there.
5: And Jamie Hader gets to chase now, which is not the worst thing in the world either.
3: Well, if she can. We well, that's true. Obviously, status. when she gets
5: better, obviously, Brian.
3: Well, then we had uh, the House of Black, Malachi Black, Brody, and Buddy versus the Acclaimed and Billy Gunn. This was one of those House Rules matches. And actually, I don't even know what the House Rules were for the— uh, What did what did uh, Anthony and Max and Billy get for their House Rule? I don't know. Nobody? One. Hmm. They didn't pick one. All that, and they didn't even pick something?
5: I think Bowen straight up says we don't need any special rules to beat you guys. Mm. Wow.
3: Well, they they should have picked that no matter what happens, we get the belts. That's the stipulation they should have picked. But anyway, we'll talk about it after the break. Because I want you to have to wait. Observer Live.
4: Ron Barr. I've got a great suggestion for you. Father's Day is coming up, and if you really want to give him something I know he'll like, give him the Omaha Steaks Dads Want Steaks package. I guarantee he'll say, wow, this is great. Your dad doesn't need another electronic gadget. Just visit omahasteaks.com, type in sports in the search bar, and order the Dads Want Steaks package, and also get $30 off. Your gift package includes smoky tender bacon-wrapped filet mignons, boneless pork chops, gourmet jumbo franks, and boneless chicken breasts. And for a sweet finish, you'll get delicious caramel apple tarts. Trust me, I've had them all, and your dad will love them too, and it's a Father's Day gift you and your dad will always remember. From experience, I can tell you, Omaha Steaks isn't just steak. It's the best steak of your life, guaranteed. So surprise your dad with something both of you can enjoy and never forget.
1: You don't need to lose your home to foreclosure. If you have any equity in your home, we will buy it and give you cash within days, all in a simple over-the-phone and virtual process. Call Quick Cash Offer now before the economy gets worse. Sell a home you can't afford or just don't want to get the cash you need today. 800 788 1495 800-788-1495. 800-788-1495. That's 800-788-1495. If
0: you're struggling to keep up with conversations, avoiding restaurants because you can't understand the waiter, if you've got the TV volume way, way up, then you really need these. These tiny but powerful little hearing aids are the Nano CIC Rechargeable. here's the number call now
1: 800-278-1738 800-278-1738 800-278-1738 that's 800-278-1738
2: you are listening to wrestling observer live with brian alvarez and mike sempervivi on the sports byline broadcasting network
3: so, yeah, we had the Acclaimed and, uh, and Daddy Ass versus House of Black. Everyone's asking me about the light show. It, it's irrelevant to me. It doesn't matter. It adds nothing. It takes nothing away. You were so exasperated after care. reading this thread during the break. I'm not exasperated. I'm just like... You sounded like it. To, to, to have someone who has a cult-like mentality over one promotion accuse other people of having a cult-like mentality over other promotions, that's funny to me. So I pointed that out. Now, this match, uh, you know, in the middle, there was not a lot of heat because they got heat for, like, an hour. They did that, uh, you know, cut the dude off, set up the hot tag, pull the guy off the apron, blah, blah, blah. I mean, they did this forever. And finally, Daddy S gets the hot tag, and he makes his comeback, and then he's kicked and pinned. They, They didn't go back and forth. They didn't do a bunch of near falls. I mean, the match was fine, but watching it live, it was just weird. It was just weird. Then we had Jade versus Taya, which uh, had, I mean, compared to like some of the stuff previously, this had a ton of heat live. I mean, they were dueling chants. They were super in all of this. Jade ends up, uh, she gets hit with her own move. Taya hits her with the road to Valhalla. And, dude, she hit that move, and everybody in the building got on their feet. And they thought they were going to see the, ch- the title change right there. And Jade kicked out, and then she hit her finish and pinned Taya. And, uh, you know, overall, it was, it was good. It was one of the better Jade matches. And then afterwards, Smart Mark says, what, well, 60-0? and 0. You know, Jade will do another one here right now. And so who should return but Chris Statlander? And she hit the ring, 48 seconds, hit her finish, pinned Jade... End of the streak. Won the title. Place was going crazy for this deal here. But I'm told this show sucked. Get out of here! And we had MJF and Sammy, Darby, and Jungle Boy. Four-way match for the uh, title, 27 minutes. And, uh, you know, Sammy and Ty came out, announced that Ty is having a baby as well. So uh, that was great. And the match itself, I mean... MGF was super over, probably the most over guy in the match, even though he was the only heel, really. Sammy did, in fact, work as a babyface the entire match. In fact, all three of them teamed up on MGF early and got booed. And so, uh, you know, they they had an awesome match by the end. And uh, I will say that the build for this did not help almost anybody. I mean, the closest you can get to helping somebody was was Darby, I think Darby came out of this a little bit bigger star than he was going in. I think Sammy came out of this exactly where he was before. And I think Jungle Boy was actively hurt by the build. But this match was so great that when it was over, MGF won, by the way, when it was over, I think ultimately it did help everybody involved. Just to have such an awesome match in a main event, on a pay-per-view, everybody looked so good. Um... I think it was a net slight positive when all was said and done. Was it a huge positive for everybody involved? No, it absolutely was not. But I do think that the fans will look at all four of them as somewhat bigger stars after this than they were going in. But it was this match. It was not the build, the promos, or any of that. That did not help at all.
5: It's the new baseline now for what these guys are, because I think now people look at Jack Perry and... You feel about him the way you're going to feel about him as far as there's a lot of people now that go going, maybe it's time to turn him heel. You know, really, Darby and MJF aside, Sammy's going to be the most interesting one that comes out of this because I would assume you still want to tie up the loose end with the Jericho Appreciation Society, and because... Ty won't be there you know i guess because she is pregnant and i would assume she's going to be you know slowly drifting off of tv it's going to be interesting to see who they align him with because he has been such a prick interesting story here with sammy and what they're going to tell with him same thing with jungle boy as well how because to me he's, he's got to be a heel you got to start working that direction and it's going to be interesting to see how they do that
3: then the main event was anarchy in the arena blackpool combat club versus the elite and uh it was crazy. Crowd just went crazy for this entire match. They played the music. They had a live band. They went through this three and a half times, the song, and every time they started the song over again, they popped bigger. But uh, it was teetering on wearing out its welcome, and that's right when the, the Bucks super kicked the uh, lead singer, and uh, he was dead. And um, then they just did everything. I mean, thumbtacks rolling outside uh brawling in the mezzanine. There was a firecracker in uh in Matt Jackson's boot. And I think they were actually supposed to do multiple firecrackers, but the rest didn't go off. But ultimately you only needed the one. It blew up and everybody went absolutely crazy for an exploding super kick. And then finally, yes at the end, that despicable, disgusting human, Don Callis, got in the ring, and Kenny was about to kill him when a Hooded man came out, laid out Kenny. It was Takeshita. He has turned heel and joined Callis. And uh, literally, Wheeler Utah pinned Kenny Omega at the end of this match, which I did not expect, but he did. And then afterwards, when the show was off the air, Kenny said, You know, sorry this ended in a sad way, but I've got a couple of friends outside of AEW that might be able to even the odds. So it sounds to me, it sounds to me, like it's going to be Danielson, Moxley, Claudio, Wheeler, and Takeshita versus Omega, Nick and Matt Jackson, Hangman, Okada, and uh, Ibushi, perhaps at Forbidden Door, which would be a giant 10-man tag. So uh, there you go. Thought this Wait, match how many was awesome. did
5: you just name there?
3: Well, I mean, somebody would have to do something else. Kenny's going to probably do something else.
5: Well, yeah. Well, well, Kenny's got uh, uh, the U.S. title match, so he'll be out of that with uh, Will Ospreay, assumingly. Sorry, Lance Archer. Everybody assumes it's going to be Will Ospreay. So, yeah. I mean, that works just fine and would actually go a long way, uh, probably, for New Japan's relationship with Kenny Omega to not stand in the way of Kota Ibushi and just, you know, any differences they have. Hopefully, they get put aside for good, so... We can have a Bushi on shows like that.
3: I do some raw notes in a moment, but two other things: Collision at this point, according to WrestleTix, has uh, six thousand eight hundred and thirty-nine tickets out. It is currently set up for eighty-six ninety-eight, and it's probably going to finish right around, uh, you know, nine thousand ninety-five hundred would be my guess. So uh, this will not be the the giant uh, explosion of ticket sales that we saw for the first time that CM Punk showed up at the United Center but it's still going to be a pretty good crowd for the first show. Uh, They've added 313 tickets since the last time Russell Ticks updated. So that is that. And I do want to make sure I mention this because Dave talked about this last night. So the MLW-WWE lawsuit, uh, WWE did a new filing on Tuesday, and Dave noted that in the filing, WWE said that AEW had signed a new media rights deal worth $240 million a year. Okay? Now, what was actually written in the filing, what was actually written was, quote, A.W. had, quote, expanded the sale of its media rights to Warner Brothers Discovery for a reported $240 million per year. So what that tells me is that for the purposes of this lawsuit, they took the reports on the internet about this billion-dollar deal and they have inserted that into this lawsuit, okay? I don't know where that was reported uh, originally. Where I don't know which report they used, I guess. There's no, no
5: footnotes in this thing yet. No,
3: but uh, it is not WWE stating like, you know, they've got sources in WBD that this is the television deal. This is utilizing something that came out on the Internet as a part of this uh, this lawsuit filing here. So, no, I don't think that AEW has got a $240 million per year lawsuit, and WWE figured that out and uh, did the thing here. That's uh, a reported $240 million.
5: Hey, now, all jokes aside, just because, you know, since you went rushing to the show's defense here, It does show you the type of shows that AEW has put on where people looked at this as a bad show or a mid-show or whatever. And I know there were a lot of bad aspects to it, especially if you are not partial at all to WWE. There was so much through this show that probably had people saying, I hate this show. This is the worst thing they've ever done. But when you do look at the action, when you do look at the whole thing from top to bottom, what you did get towards the end... Again, there are a lot worse shows out there, but it is a, you know, a reminder and a nudge to AEW that, hey, you know, maybe you shouldn't, again, you should have a little bit more focus when it comes to how you build some of these matches and the way you go about some of these things. You know, it's not the worst thing in the world for a little, you know, to, for them to be checked like this right now.
3: I did not rush to their defense, in fact. I uh, I went to the show. I was there. No, no,
5: you you rushed I, to attack the people that probably you're overstating those people's voice by coming on here and no, saying, No, i actually Everybody's not. telling me this is the worst thing ever. I
3: did not say that. I said on the chat there are people claiming this is the worst show of all time. When I went there and I talked to people after the show that were there, did I have people telling me this was the worst show ever? No. Did I have people say... What did you think of the show? I thought it was, uh, you know, last few matches were great, but overall, yeah, of course they said that. And, in fact, on the post-Observer Radio show, I said that exact same thing. And, uh, and you know, then, later, I find out, oh, my God, there are people saying this was a horrible show. And these matches are duds. And uh, that was actually people rushing to, uh, to tear down AEW for some reason. Very much like how... When I was at the show, I took a picture after Orange Cassidy won because I was across from the hard cam, and there are no seats there, and you know the the obvious people on the internet jumped on that as saying that there was nobody in the building when in fact, there were 11,000 people in the building, and if you have ever gone to a show, and you know what's funny about going to a show, what's that? Well, you know, what's, what's funny is, like, everybody always goes, oh, Brian always gets comped for these AEW shows. Brian gets free tickets for these AEW shows. Do you realize, I don't think I've ever been comped for an AEW show now that I think about it. I believe you don't want to sit with the
5: commenters away from no, everybody. No,
3: I believe I have paid for every AEW ticket I've ever gotten when I've gone to a show. But you know what's funny? I always get comped for WWE. I can't remember the last time I paid for a WWE ticket. They always comp me. And do you know where I sit when I go to WWE shows with these comps? Where's that? Well, there's uh, there's two places. I either get right there on the floor, like in the second row, okay? Or I sit in the hard cam section where there aren't any seats sold because that is where they clear and you know what they clear the area for the hard cam but they also put friends and family they put seat fillers where like it's your job to sit in that section and then if someone like walks away from the, you're rushed down there to sit in the front row and then you're rushed back so you know this, this whole thing on the internet about oh there's no you know uh, what are people saying like oh it's not like that at a WWE show those seats are always sold for a WWE show bro that's where they sit me. I've well, been there you- countless times. They're not sold. And, of course, there's pictures all over the Internet that people post of, hey, here's you know a WWE show with nobody in the hard, hard camp section. But this had to be like a thing where, oh, no one showed up for double or nothing, the place is empty, you know, the usual jumping on. That's jumping on to attack AEW, claiming nobody is there. Can you, you explain that, that
5: envelope that you left with that you were handed on the way out of the building in Las Vegas? Can you explain that?
3: I was not handed anything. I even left my my chair there. I gave it to the buddy that sat next to me. Cause I'm a nice guy, Mike. Back in a moment, Observer Live.
1: call now 800-949-0039 800-949-0039 that's 800-949-0039
2: paid for by the tax helpline you are listening to wrestling observer live with brian alvarez and mike sempervivi on the sports byline broadcasting network
3: Back in the show, Brian Elver is here, Wrestling Observer Live. oh, the Starlight Kid stands have got you now. Do you guys have any idea how much merch John Cena sold every year? Do you have any idea? Like, what he made was in the eight figures or seven <laughs> or, yeah, probably eight, eight figures. That's what he made. Okay. That's his cut. Okay. Dude, I just can't. <laughs> Why did I just turn this chat off for forever? Actually, it's, it's a it's a few uh, it's a few <laughs> eggs spoiling welcome the back, bunch. Boss. Isn't that what they say? Yeah, welcome back. God, what a life I had in Vegas this weekend. <laughs> Catch you out here, like I, Dave I had to no spark kids. You ever had kids? God, <laughs> yeah. All they want is everything all the time. You have no peace. I had peace this weekend. I didn't have to deal with the chat. I didn't have to deal with children. <laughs> I just went to shows and I ate oh. a lot of food. I tanned the 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 pool. Paid out the ass for AW tickets. <laughs> I mean, even that was peaceful. Oh well, whatever. I'm back. Man. But you didn't have to talk about Raw so I think Monday started off Oh, tomorrow's going to be a great to Talk about Raw and NXT. Oh, we don't have to talk we're gonna about We're going to double Raw. up. Oh, come on. Yep. Yep. Lots to talk about. That. Anarchy in the arena was Anarchy in the arena was more peaceful than dinner when I came home with my children on Monday night. I will I say that. that. I can
5: believe that. Right, we're out of here.
3: Thanks for listening everybody. We'll talk to you again after a while.